Welcome to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clearandopen.com, dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do. Serving leaders, managers, and people who will be, helping you reach excellence in your work and achieve your personal goals at the same time. Sign up for the free course at clearandopen.com. It's Joseph, and thanks for tuning in to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clearandopen.com. This is the third and final part of the excerpts on excellence from my course entitled Embodied Values and Virtues, which you can find at courses.clearandopen.com. In this installment, we relate excellence to the five stages of engagement, which you maybe remember from previous episodes, and the dead end of striving. Then we connect passion work and soulmates to the final stage of flow, the place where we're all headed, whether we realize it or not. Again, this series is from my course, Embodied Values and Virtues. Speaking of courses, I'm excited to announce my next course begins September 22nd, 2022, and it's called Cultivating Soul Essence, Accessing the Deepest You. Have you ever had the sense there was a deeper, bigger version of yourself that doesn't express in your life? Or maybe it's your experience that it does express, but not for very long and not reliably. Do you hunger to be that version of you deeper, more often, bigger? In my picture, that deepest self is actually the soul, and we can be that soul in embodiment by doing two things, tracking and healing our shadow issues that cover wounds and cultivating access to soul. My last course, Light and Shadow Themes, was mostly about identifying and tracking shadow stuff. This course addresses the other side of the coin, the cultivation of soul. Both are necessary. This course will include guided meditations, one-on-one coaching, and assignments to help participants directly access the deepest part of themselves and embody that in daily life. I hope you can join us. Thanks so much for listening. Let's start the show. I'm thinking about uh, my friend, the, the coach, And it wasn't like this just happened. He decided to broadcast high school basketball games in Seattle online because nobody was doing it. Like he just loved basketball so much. Him and Buddy broadcast it for free. Like he didn't make a dime. And then people were like, you really know basketball. Why aren't you coaching? He's like, oh, I don't know. I'd love to coach if somebody offered me a job. Somebody offered him a job. And he quit. (laughs) Like he put it out there to the universe that he loves talking about basketball. He's incredibly knowledgeable. He's an ex-collegiate player. And the universe presented a job. He's like, cool, let's do that. Yeah. And it wouldn't surprise me at all if he goes up through the ranks and is on TV coaching college somewhere. Like that wouldn't surprise me at all if he goes up and 10 years from now, he's coaching for like Arizona or Mm -hmm. some famous program. Right. So the passion path thinks, Ed, you always make me think of things that I want to say. Passion path is like the force in Star Wars. It commands you, yet it obeys you. So this guy is, he's doing what he loves and it also could take him somewhere. Uh, I would say that clear and open is a version of my passion path. I have a sense it's going to become something else, but I don't know what that is. Uh, yeah, I don't know what that is. It's already, uh, I have some sense of what it is. I have some sense that I should be doing in-person trainings. Um, and uh, uh, since I met my Beloved, last year, I see us very often <clears throat> doing couples work together. I don't know what that would look like, but 
but I see that happening. I don't think we're ready yet. We're still figuring out how to be a couple ourselves, but sometimes she'll just say stuff that's so incredibly wise. And I just see we're on stage next to each other. And I see a hundred, 150 people listening. Uh, I see the teacher and her, and I see us teaching together. I just see it. I don't know how to get there. Uh, I trust that life is going to bring it. Um, and that, that may sound to some of you or to someone listening, that may sound like, well, if that's what you see as going to happen, why are you not in action making that manifest? Well, yeah, I have just enough time to talk about this. So some of you guys already know the five stages of engagement. That's, did I talk about that in this course yet? Did anybody, did anybody know? It's crisis survival security, thrive, strival, flow. I don't think I have in this course. Usually it comes up. So I call these the five stages of engagement. Uh, and again, they are crisis, survival, security, strival. I used to call it thrival, but I call it strival now and flow. And it's kind of uh, intuitive. If you look at uh, podcast 90 through 94, I talk about them. I know I have those memorized because people are always asking me about it. Um, the first two are victimhood. If you're in crisis, and it's, I generally use it for like a phase of life. You can be in crisis for a day. And, you know, you could be in any of these stages for a moment, like flow state. People can be in flow for a moment or an hour or whatever. But the most useful um, application of these is phases of life. And so crisis and survival is where most of the world lives in. Uh, and it can be chronic or it can be acute, like the... Uh, the unfortunate members of uh, the country Ukraine right now are all in a crisis because of uh, the Russian invasion. Um, and they will return to wherever they return to, hopefully when all this is over. But um, that's where, when, when you're in crisis and or survival, you dream of security, you dream of stability, you dream of being able to count on tomorrow as being a lot like today. That's the white picket fence and the 2.2 kids and the Volvo and whatever that's security for most people. If they do security for a while, uh, enough years or enough lifetimes, you'll get bored. And that puts you into strival and strival is where you want to find out uh, what, you're, what you're capable of. That's where you have dreams and you actually go after them where you try to manifest things when you take risks and um, tomorrow being a lot like today is not okay. This is where you learn to exercise your will. And this is where you start to experiment with excellence. Like what happens if I just do my best and, you know, um, have dreams and goals and track them. And uh, most of the coaching world is in the strival domain. I certainly started out there. Tony Robbins, his teacher, Jim Rohn, uh, cognitive behavioral therapy very much lives there. Uh, Neuro-linguistic programming, um, you know, any kind of self-empowerment, success stuff, uh, business training, most of the business world lives in that, you know, how do we get from X to 10 X revenue and, and all of that? That's the, the world of strival. And most of us see strival as the end game. That's where we get to, you know, you get to, you know, having $5 million in cash and then you retire and play golf and you live happily ever after. But it turns out, and I once thought that was the last phase too, but what happens, and this is my area of interest, what I sort of specialize in these days uh, is helping people to move from strival to flow because it's exactly what I did or am doing. Uh, 
what happens is you dead end. We talked about dead ending. You dead end at strival and you realize that what you think will fulfill you will not fulfill you. But you can only realize that by attaining what you think will fulfill you and failing. You see that? It's, it's kind of a lame setup, but that's how it is. You have to think you know what your dreams are, pursue them, and then either of two things happen. You fail and dead end that way, or you succeed and realize it doesn't make you happy and you dead end, dead end that way. The governing dynamic of strival is the pursuit of happiness, which is, by the way, our constitutional right in America, in the United States. It's your constitutional right to pursue happiness. How's that for imposing a value system on you? Right? It's written down. Somebody wrote it down. The founding fathers wrote it down. Your you get to do that. You know, it's not your constitutional right to have happiness, but you can pursue it. You get to do that. They don't explicate what that means at all, by the way. Like, what is it? Okay, it's my right to pursue happiness. Okay. Can I rob this bank? That would make me happy. No, 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 you can't do that. What, 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 what do you mean? Someone should sue about that. Someone should make a lawsuit about it. I think I should get to do this thing because I think it will make me happy. And then they would have to maybe revise. Uh, I think it's in the deck of end, right? Not the constitution, but anyway, it's in one of those documents with big script museums. What was I talking about? Oh yeah, the stages. Okay, so strival. So strival is the pursuit of happiness through personal manifestation and it won't work. And you can believe me or not. You're probably gonna have to find out for yourself because you're going to get all the things that you wanted, do the things that you wanted, have the things that you wanted, and then you will see something is missing. And when you experience that, you are on the doorstep of flow. And the doorstep of flow is where you learn things like the, remember what I talked about with soulmate and soul work, that it changes you. So remember when I said people think they get to the job they love or the spouse that they have always wanted that ideal, and then they like stay the same person and they're happily ever after. That's a strival paradigm. That's a strival lens on something that I'm offering does not exist, has no reference in reality whatsoever. When you meet your soulmate, or you find your passion path, it will tear you to pieces and rebuild you into somebody, somebody else who happens to be you. That's flow. Flow is the intersection of the individual and the divine, which is where things happen. You become things that you never dreamed possible. You become someone that you never dreamed possible. You literally become, you, you become a stranger to yourself. You become someone who is things, does things, has attributes that maybe you always wanted, sometimes not what you always wanted, you become someone else, you see? So strival is becoming a bigger and bigger caterpillar. Flow is going into a cocoon, turning into a butterfly. But the caterpillar probably doesn't know it's going to become a butterfly. And it certainly doesn't have a plan. Like, all right, I'm gonna turn into a butterfly and I'm gonna make these wings out of leaves. I'm gonna attach them here. And then I'm going to jump off this leaf and then I'll fly. No, it turns into goo and reconstitutes as something else. That's flow. Does anybody want that? Because we're not sold that. It doesn't sell well. 
what we're sold in, for example, in meditation, because enlightenment will change you on this deep level, uh, what we're told in deep therapy, because deep therapeutic work will change you on this level, um, deep uh, devotional divine work will change you on this level. What we're sold is you're, you're going to, you're going to, how do I say that? What we're sold is you're going to be like you only better. That's what this work will do. Nobody tells you you're going to become someone else who happens to be you. Well, what will that be like? No one can tell. That doesn't sell. But that's what the real esoteric work is about. It's about real transmutation. And so the transformation or improvement, self-improvement, maybe just say it more accurately, in strival, you do that. You do that. You want to be happy. You want to be happy. You want to be happy. But you don't want to change too much. You want to stay the same person. You want to retain your self-image. You want to retain your sense of yourself. You want to retain the things that you think make you happy and your career and your social structures and whatever. You don't want to risk losing those things. But what if the unwillingness to risk losing those things is the very thing that's holding you in place? Because that could be the case. The governing dynamic of moving from strival to flow is the willingness to pay any price. You don't necessarily have to pay any and every price, but you have to be willing to. And you don't have to do it all at once, but uh, I'll use the example in, in meditation. In if, if you want to be enlightened, whatever that means to you, but if you want to be truly enlightened in the Zen tradition, you face your own death again and again and again. I'm talking about the actual experience of dying. That's why in some traditions, they call it a thousand little deaths, the path to enlightenment. You actually feel like you're dying. This idea that meditation is some comfortable, relaxing thing is new age hippie nonsense. You can use it that way, but it will not change you. It will not deliver you to that aspect of the divine that Zen can do. It means turning toward discomfort, just like ending a 10-year-plus marketing career and not knowing what you're going to do, or ending a 20-year marriage when that was, uh, it was okay, but not really what your dreams have always been about. Those are risks. And when you take those risks following your own soul's hunger, you get rewarded is my experience. You get rewarded. But you can't strategize that. What you're doing is being true to you and then trusting that the whole integrity, whole soulful you will automatically draw what goes with, what accessorizes, if you will, the whole soulful you. And the whole soulful you comes with it, included in the package, is your soulmate, and your passion path, but you've got to earn it. You've got to earn it. So now that you know this, you no longer get to complain about your marriage or your job. Well, ever, I was going to say until you earn it, but really ever. And then when you do have it, you'll complain about it in different ways that it's tearing you apart. And it's, you know, there's so all sorts of unknown and you're becoming like a different person. Yeah, I warned you. I warned you that's what it would do. It also will meet dreams you never believed possible. Yeah. 
that you will have your needs met in ways that you can't believe. The, your passion path, because it's what you would do if you didn't have to work, you'll be amazed you get paid to do it because you're just being yourself. And when you meet your soulmate, you'll be amazed that how much you have in common with this person and how much you can just deeply relax. My experience, and this is not the case with all soulmates, but I, I happen to draw a, 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 a special kind. Um, uh, my beloved, when I'm with her, a half or three quarters of the time, I don't, it's hard to describe. I don't experience her as an other person. It feels like I'm alone. She doesn't register. The closeness is so synchronistic. She doesn't feel like an other person. It just feels like a version of me over there. I've never experienced anything like it in my life, which is amazing for me because I really like being alone. <laughs> I like my alone time. So with her, I get to be alone and with another person at the same time. It defies logic. It doesn't make any sense. But that's how much we overlap that she doesn't even register as another person. That's how similar. This is not something I even wanted. I wouldn't have even found the words for it. And that's what I earned by all of those layers of emotional suicide levels of aloneness. Thanks for listening to Manage to Engage, the clear and open podcast. Join us next week when you'll be a little bit closer to who you're destined to be. Until then, know that Clear and Open is dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do. If you're looking for more support on your journey, head over to clearandopen.com for even more tools, articles, and free resources. Thanks so much for listening. Bye for now.